Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear everything too. <laughs> Technically, you could turn it up at this point. I could, but then what are you we know, paying you for? Yeah, it's true. Hand jobs. I pay you in compliments. No, you don't. I said you did a great. You do oh, a great job. Right. You did. <laughs> Thank <Fuck> you. you. <laughs> I feel good now. <laughs> oh man, you guys ever see that uh, video of the orangutan on the runaway Segway? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the monkey that has sex with a frog until it dies. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is funnier. Oh, you haven't seen that? Yeah, he oh, turns man. that thing into a love love. <laughs> yeah, it was at the zoo. He just like grabs it and like Wait, goes. Until, until the frog dies or the monkey dies? No, the frog. Oh, I thought the monkey died. No, he, be funnier if the he monkey throws died. it to death and like right in front of a bunch of kids and stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there goes my segue joke. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back to Cage Match, colon, a roundabout way of meeting Nicolas Cage. I'm your host, Sean, here with avid monkey lover. I'm Nick. And I love monkeys. <laughs> and our producer. Peter, I don't love anything right now. <laughs> uh, you let us into your house, Peter. That's true. You you kind of asked for this. <sighs> I did. Yes. So this is Cage Match. It's uh, 64 Nick Cage movies going head to head bracket style. We sort of seeded them and put them in different categories of funny, serious, fucking weird action yeah tough guy that's tough right guy. we kind of got two tough guys this week hey Although, thanks for noticing i've been working out a little more hey <laughs> hi -oh. uh no this is actually the funny bracket yeah oh god really how do you think it was the tough guy bracket i just rewatched the trust and it is not funny <laughs> oh it's hilarious <laughs> it has its moments at least two-thirds of it is hilarious yeah and there's sprinklings of great even after that but well, go on. Why don't we just get right into it then? The Trust, starring Nicolas Cage and uh, Elijah Wood. Banger of it. Yeah. What, what was your favorite Elijah Wood movie? Currently, The Trust. <laughs> it's up there. It really is. I mean, I love Elijah Wood. I always have. He, does, he gives a great performance in everything. Yeah, like, I think I'm maybe one of the only people in the world that liked North, but that really, like, stood out to me. And this is all, like, the biography of Kanye's kid, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Kanye's and kid is Elijah Wood. Elijah plays Wood. Northwest. Correct. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the trust, uh, Nicholas Cage and Elijah Wood play two evidence room cops working in Las Vegas, going nowhere fast. Elijah Wood's life sucks. So does Nicholas Cage. Nick Cage is living with his dad, played by Jerry Lewis of all people. Yeah. Who would have guessed he was still doing things? Well, he wasn't after this movie because then he died. Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought he was dead before this. Yeah, but... same. Peter and I had talked about that. We're like, did you know Jerry Lewis was alive in 2016? Well, I mean, I, I read that they like had to have him. It's got to be Jerry Lewis. Why? He doesn't Nick, do fucking anything. Nick Cage yeah, that uh, and role. him were friends. And apparently Nick Cage just wanted to be in a movie with him. So asked him to. Nicholas Cage plays Jim Stone and Elijah Wood plays Waters. He has a first name, too, but it's, it's David. Jim? Oh, David. It's Elijah Waters. Elijah Waters. <laughs> they mostly Much better than Elijah name. Woods. <laughs> I'm, I'm pro There's Elijah also Fire. Elijah Wind. <laughs> Elijah Hart. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> by, our, by your powers combined, I am a decent character actor. Yeah. Have you watched his episode of Hot Ones? It's, it's really good. I mean, I, I like Hot Ones. Yeah. It's a easy show to watch. It's it's interesting because he really speaks with reverence about 
Nick Cage in that performance and what he brings to the table. And I feel like that's a pretty consistent narrative across the board. Yeah, well, what I saw, I was only able to find one interview about this film, and it was just Elijah Wood and the director. And Elijah Wood was just talking about how he'd always wanted to work with Nick Cage and how, you know, consummate professional and great and brought a lot of energy to the performance. Fun fact, they had two days to read and rehearse the script before filming started. Well, he nailed it then because... Nick Cage's character, I thought, was very well performed. I thought both of them were great. Well, yes, but we're here to talk about Nick Cage. Yeah, for a 2016 film starring Nicolas Cage, the production values on this were good. His the mustaches acting, were great. The mustache was great. His acting was peak good Cage. Overall, really good Cage. I was a little disappointed that Ethan Suppley didn't have a mustache, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ethan Suppley's a mustache. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the film revolves around these two discovering a drug dealer has a safe at the back of a convenience store and they decide to rob it for no particular reason other than their lives aren't great. And uh, why not? They're just shitty cops. But to be fair, all the cops in this movie are shitty. I feel like we watched movies at very different energy levels on this one. I'll get you to the same point. Spin this for me. Uh, Okay, so we've got two evidence cops not not living their best lives uh elijah wood we start out the movie with him just banging a prostitute and just sex worker sex worker uh, thank you uh lifelessly staring at the mole underneath her mammary gland is that how we're doing it now i, I like that you covered that one <laughs> left it yes her left it and <laughs> smoking a joint jumping out and that's when we find out like as he's getting dressed that he's a cop <laughs> and nicholas gage he's on scene and there's like there's like a body and everybody's like you know walking around picking up the evidence and then out of the closet busts this other guy who's just knocking people down <laughs> and elijah wood's all stoned and he's just laughing on the ground as everybody goes chasing this dude the one guy gets punched in the balls yeah bert bert gets punched <laughs> fuck you bert <laughs> you all right it's like you all right bert fuck you <laughs> uh so that's how we get introduced to him. Nicholas Cage's character is like petitioning to get all this new like evidence technology stuff. And the captain and the commander are just like passing him back and forth, basically just like neither of them wanting to do anything about it. But then like the, the captain sends him down to the police auction to like, secure a tractor for his son-in-law because he just doesn't want it to hit the auction it's like this movie's fucking hitting on all cylinders it's great i was just trying to get the overall plot out of the way overall plot so we can cares about that discuss the finer points of this film (laughs) like how to hide drugs in an engine block fine summaries nicholas cage is dealing with this thing with engine block guy and they find all this cocaine and Nicolas Cage takes a look at the paperwork that came in with this car that had all the cocaine hidden in it and uh, sees like this guy who had the car he had posted bail and it was like $200,000 and it was posted in cash. And he's like, well, that seems suspicious. So he, he looks into it more and gets Elijah Wood involved and they start like tailing this drug dealer because he's out on bail and they see that he's got a job and 
at this hotel or Nicholas casino. Cage plays Elijah Wood's boss and probably best only friend. Yeah, I think it's about like that. Yeah. They seem to only have each other. They decided to do a heist. Nick Cage does a sweet montage where he gets an undercover job at the casino. And <laughs> there's just like shots of him like making friends with everybody and dancing in the break room and <laughs> like carrying uh platters of like cheeseburgers and like turning corners and like tipping it all over the place and having like the whoa moments on himself uh so then they find out that like there's these shipments leaving the casino and nobody would let him like near it because it was you know, involving the drug dealer guy. And so Nick Cage follows this van one night and sees where it's going with this delivery. And then he calls up Elijah Wood and. All right. This is when he shows him the Polaroids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they go and they're just out back of this uh, convenience store and he's showing them around and there's these pictures and <laughs> Elijah Wood's like, these pictures are terrible. Would you have like a homeless guy take them? And Nick Cage is just like, well, I wasn't going to do it. I paid him a little. Yeah. <laughs> just all right. All right. <laughs> they just the mental justification that you see in their eyes. It's like, oh, well, he was paid, so it's probably fine. And that's when they find out that there's this vault, a creepy locked up. They find the locked up uh, chest freezer. freezer. Yeah. And there was something else they see. And I couldn't quite make it out in the photo, but it it was a penis. That was a penis. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Did you, wait, did you not get that? I did not see that. Oh, no. The homeless oh. guy took a picture down his pants. Oh, no. And I it was just that. homeless. Dick. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's why Nick Cage was like, ah, you found it. <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, um, Nick Cage's Nick Cage sense of humor in this, in this yeah. is so good. He's He's got like such dad jokes. Oh, man. He's just always pulling little pranks on Elijah Wood. Well, okay, so let's get into that a little bit, because one of my favorite lines in this, it's Elijah Wood quote, but they're at the strip club where they're first starting to like brainstorm the heist mm -hmm. and they're <laughs> sitting down and they're looking down this bar and Elijah Wood just goes, I, I think that guy's getting a hand job, but he's still eating. So it's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. I love when he sat down in the strip club and he's just looking around. He's like, where did you bring me? <laughs> And Nick Cage is just drinking coffee and can't get a refill. Uh, classic. There is a lot about this movie I really do enjoy, mostly involving the two of them. They have great chemistry and a lot of fun playing off each other. For the heist, when they find out there's a safe there, they have to get, you know, the diamond tipped drill bit to drill uh, through what? 12 inches of concrete? Uh, it was three feet or something like that. And then 12 inches is nothing. I could drill through 12 inches of concrete. It was also steel that they had to drill through. Well, concrete and steel, wasn't it? Yeah, but concrete doesn't. Concrete's I, nothing. I don't, I don't work in the trades. <laughs> crime? Um, <laughs> yes. The uh, crime trades. So when he has to call uh, Cologne, Germany to like place this order and the two Germans are on the other end of the phone and Nick Cage, you know, goes from German to, yeah, I'll have my people call you when someone walks into his office. One of the Germans turns to the other and says, you know, He's acting weird. Maybe he's a bank robber. And the first guy goes, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like those Germans. Yeah, yeah no, those were good Germans. The first half, you know, the first act of this film has its uh, has its wackiness and as they set up for the caper. And that quickly goes away when Nick Cage just murders a guy. Uh, yeah, there's like this weird sub 
level of Cage's character so like just dark and determined in this going out and just telling jokes with the gun dealer like as he's picking up guns for their little heist and then he's just like intentionally antagonizing this guy just to like drive his attention like away from Cage while Cage like discreetly loads a gun and shoots the uh, gun dealer like right there and just leaves him and it's like wild. One thing I do want to talk about this film first time feature film directors in fact they're only film to date they have another movie coming out next year with Nicolas Cage. The attention to like detail in this film, the show don't tell of their storytelling. As you were saying, when he, you know, kills the guy, he's trying to distract him with buffoonery and is wearing glasses for the first time. And he takes out his like glasses case and glasses. And that's where he's hitting the bullets to just shoot the guy in the head. Also how he finds out about Bobo, the gun dealer, because they work in evidence. So he just went and found a gun in evidence, tracked down the case file and, found who it was on, and then reached out to that guy. I know, it feels like if you were a cop, you would have a ton of intel to do, like, a good crime. And and they did. Did they? I mean... They had, they had a ton okay. of good intel to do a crime. Okay, actually, you know what? They they did do a good crime. They, they could have totally... At, they were just bad at doing a good crime. Well, Elijah Wood was bad at... Having being, a conscience. Yeah, he, he Or he being too afraid. Exactly. He was right. too afraid. I mean, Nick Cage was... Fully willing to just kill another cop who just happened to, like, come upon them. That was a security guard. Yeah, cop is a loose oh, term. That was a security guard? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, he's just always fucking with Elijah Wood. And yeah. I love it. Like, when he, like, plays like he didn't get the van for yeah. the heist. Like, I thought you were going to do it. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I don't know. I guess I goofed up. <laughs> it's like, I goofed up. <laughs> you realize we might get killed tomorrow, right? <laughs> He just throws the keys out there. Yeah, they have terri- a, terrific a, chemistry between the it two. Just here. A, it was just a joke, just a little pre-heist joke. But I mean, ultimately, it's that always fucking with Elijah Wood that becomes Nick Cage's downfall. The way they're going to break in is through the apartment above the safe. Mm-hmm. So they have to, like, take out the guy who lives there. But turns out he had a lady friend over. That guy gets killed and the lady friend is now hostage. So now they have this hostage who gets... Three lines of dialogue besides sniveling. Yeah, her character name is just woman. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, she's only there to be a plot device. They eventually start drilling. Security guard shows up. Elijah Wood talks him down. Nick Cage almost shoots him. They get into the safe. Discreetly. Almost dis- almost shoots him discreetly. Yeah, through the window. Through the blinds, just sort of <laughs> split. <laughs> One of the later little comedy scenes is uh, the belt on the press brakes. So they have to like... So Nick Cage makes a little incendiary device to like put in the hole to like blow out the last like half an inch. And there Elijah was just throwing mattresses and whatever he can over the windows, then goes outside to have a smoke and sees like what happens from the street and just just big flash of light. Smoke alarms are going off. Smoke alarms going off. But in premise, that would work. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, it does because it's a movie, but. The science behind it works because it's the same as like how you would build like a flash pot or a concussion pot. Yeah. Peter, call the Mythbusters. Get them in on this. I feel like they don't do as many crimes as we want them to. <laughs> mm. Oh, they should have done crimes. Right? They would have been great at crimes. Holy fuck. Can you imagine how much stuff they would have gotten away with? And they're just like, nah, this is for a show. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Jamie just hang glides away. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's talk about this. 
I love heists. I thought we were going to talk about hang gliders. No, we, we have to do that again, thanks to you. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. But I love heists. All things heists. <laughs> Even bad heists, I love them. Heists are great. Cool crimes. I enjoy cool crimes as well. Yes. And not cool crimes. Well, I'm on the fence about the not cool crimes. What, what would be a not cool crime? Uh, not reviewing this podcast. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck that That's a not cool crime. <laughs> you should all get out there or on your podcast. Reviewing platforms. this podcast, but not listening to it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Eh, whatever. Yeah. So it's a it's a great old heist film. Well, it's a heist film. Yeah. When they finally get into the vault, it's not drugs or money necessarily. It's a pure white room with little shelves full of diamonds. Yeah, it's a pretty high tech vault. Yeah, it was pretty wild. But also like, OK, so here's a, a Rube question. If you have a, a vault that's that high tech, can you really just see the backs of the tumblers? Wouldn't that be something yeah, you would it'd be cover like up inside the door or something? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That was weird. It was strange because like when I was watching it originally, I was like, yeah, they drilled in like to like the wall portion of it so they could see the tumblers inside. But they don't yeah. because they obviously showed the hole in the ceiling like. Yeah, that would have made inches back from the door. That would have made a, a pile of million dirt. times more sense if they had gotten into the door itself and yeah. saw behind the scene. Yeah, I, I, I think you were intentionally supposed to go along for the ride with them. Uh, that they're just bumbling idiots. I think you fill that vault with water and you flood all the treasure up the hole. Ooh, the dollar bills like float through that. Yeah, like, definitely wouldn't inch get wide hole. Block that. <laughs> Well, that's why you get like a plumbing snake and you just snake them all out. This is smart. Yeah. Then come back for our our next podcast. Nick and Sean steal a podcast. The brilliant thing about this plan is the money's all (laughs) (laughs) pre-laundered. Oh, God. No one's going to listen to that. (laughs) So they have a witness. They need to take her out. This is when Elijah Wood starts to get super cagey. That and clearly this isn't just a drug dealer. These are people who will track them down and kill them. I understand his fear and reticence, but they are so far past the veil with that. Like, there's a dead guy upstairs, a lot of guns in that apartment, like in a hidden wall, and they were in the safe. Even when Elijah Wood puts everything back into the safe, he thinks he's just like, no one's going to know he was there. Yeah, like, there's no way he put the diamonds back in the right spot. Yeah. Any of that kind There's of a fucking hole in the ceiling? <laughs> there's a hole in the ceiling. The Leads no, to a bunch of dead folks? The chain that uh, had the refrigerator closed is also, like, cut. Yeah. Right. There's a dead guy upstairs. Yeah, there's all sorts of reasons. It, but upstairs is mildly blown up. <laughs> Yeah. When you guys were in college, did you did you live in the dorms? No. Yeah. I didn't go to college till 30. All right. That would have been sad. Yeah, that would have been sad. Van Wilder sad. So no, like, Van Wilder 2, The Rise of Taj sad. Patching up holes in a <laughs> dorm is just like you put toothpaste in the hole and then kind of like smudge and, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's all they had to do is a little sweep, a little toothpaste smudge. Good. Well, dead so, guy. Don't worry about yeah. it. So they'll just put the rug back over the hole and <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Tape, tape a rug to the ceiling. That's that's clever, actually. Never see it. Especially if Spider-Man you just screw us. a bunch of furniture to the ceiling, because yeah, exactly. then they'll like walk in and they'll like, be like, Whoa! and then like have a panic attack and <laughs> probably a heart attack and die. Elijah Wood's trying to get Nick Cage to back out at this point. Nick Cage is like, you know, it's, you know, fine. Uh, you know how much I believe in us? 
you know, I bought us plane tickets to uh, the Bahamas. We're going to drink rum and smoke cigars tomorrow. And then they have a bit of a shootout. Nick Cage dies, which I thought was another freak out. I thought it was, too, based on how he was laying there. Yeah. Just calmly with the gun and his hand resting on his chest. I mean, I would have just shot him one more time just to be safe. Because he does do a death fake out earlier, just to spook Elijah Wood. Yeah. Um, and then goes to check his body. And what does he find? Two plane tickets. Peter and I mildly discussed this. They kind of do this thing where Nick Cage may have known that safe was like diamonds or originally. There's a lot of questions yeah. that this movie leaves you with. Does it serve the movie at all that those questions are there? Other than to just have them at odds. So Nick Cage dies. No, I don't think the movie is better for it. I think having some answers as to like, whose vault was this? You never know. Yeah. It's not even the drug dealer's vault. He wasn't personally driving stuff here. Yeah. It was just getting shipped through the casino in like a laundry service to the back of this bodega. Yeah. My, my puzzling aspect of this is that I just couldn't figure out when Cage really like knew more and withheld it. Like, did he always know that this was going on? Did he even need to do that, like, casino fake out job? Or did he already fucking know? And that was just performance for Elijah Wood. Like, Who wasn't there anyway? And he could have just said he was doing it. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. When I again, rewatching it today, I was like, what is any of this? <laughs> so during the during the should have done the ending in the beginning. Ooh. <laughs> Classic move. Yeah, for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Strike one. Uh, that, that's tenant style. <laughs> tenant. During the heisting, Elijah Wood feels bad for their hostage. She's like, I have a son. Let me, you know, call his father. And his perfect way of her not calling anyone for help was write the number on my hand and I'll dial. And then doesn't say anything to people, just yeah. puts the phone up to her ear. And she just says, I need help. And then at the end of the film, Elijah Wood's like driving her out to the desert. Some like cargo vans. Yeah, out of nowhere, yeah, too, because they do some, him. like, very large establishing shots, yeah. and there's no other traffic anywhere. Yeah, and they kind of surround him, like... But then got, two vans. They got two vans on uh, one in the front, one in the back, and then another guy, like, boxes him in on the side, and Elijah Wood looks at his hand, looks at the phone number on the back of the van, is like, who did you call? Van door opens, Elijah Wood gets shot in the head. Yeah, but, okay, so... The van is labeled MDB Electricians, which literally just looks like mob. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> OK, I guess that's supposed to be the fucking mob. <laughs> Elijah Wood slumps over car revs. She, you know, gets her hands free and takes the mask off, pushes him out of the way, jumps in the front Revealing seat. Revealing that she is actually Nicholas Cage. Yes, that would have been cool. <laughs> that would have been cooler. She like just hits the brakes right before like careening into a semi truck. And that's the end of the movie. The character who didn't have a name and nobody cared about lived. Yeah, well, I mean, she obviously was just agent number two or whatever from whoever the fuck owns that vault. But we don't know who owns that vault, so why do we care? If we don't care now. We're not going to care later. This whole thing felt to me like it deserved to be like a 12 part TV show. Yeah, this would be a great like Amazon series. Mm -hmm. Their rapport is good. Yeah. And I could see how that could really play out on TV. But obviously Cage doesn't do TV. It's the the grind of working on an episodic series. Yeah, that's right. Something that can be dragged out or like prolonged like numerous seasons. He doesn't like to be chained down. That's right. He doesn't like to be caged. Oh, (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) This is our best episode yet. I hate you guys less than I thought I would. (laughs) Nick, do you have any quotes? Yeah. So I've got two and they are kind of tied together. 
The first one comes from when Nick Cage is like barging into the casino to go talk to the drug dealer and Elijah Wood like stops him. And he's like, hey, man, you're dressed like a cop. You can't do that. And Nick Cage is like, oh, I am a cop. And he's like, yeah, but you can't just do that right now. And so <laughs> Nick Cage just at one point turns to him. He's like, David, David, stay positive, dude. <laughs> ah, that's great. But then at the end of the movie, when uh, he's like getting Elijah Wood kind of hyped up and stuff for the heist, he <laughs> says to him, you're a positive thinker. I respect you and I dig you. <laughs> it's like, ah, he brings the positive thinking like all the way through the movie. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that line was from, uh, or he might've said it twice. Cause mine was when they are walking through the taped out apartment and Nicholas. Oh goes, yes. That's what it was. You're a positive thinker and I respect you <laughs> and I fucking dig you. Yeah. I, I really like in that scene, um, there's one like wiggly line and Nick Cage is like, what happened? What's there? that over there? <laughs> and Elijah Wood goes, oh, that's nothing. A, a bee flew in my face when I was doing that part. <laughs> I well, mean, this movie is so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember where this quote actually came in because I didn't do a good job of my job. Um, and all I have is I have an idea. It's kind of wacky. Oh, that's when he makes the little like gunpowder. Yeah. Uh, ah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, when he just says it's a little bit wacky. <laughs> all in all, I enjoyed this film. Uh, I did look up some reviews on Rotten Tomatoes to see what other people thought. Uh, they enjoyed it a little less. Uh, I want to <laughs> share with you a couple of my favorites. Um, there are fetuses that would be more convincing in the role of a jaded lawman than would. You can festoon him with hookers and drug paraphernalia. He still looks like a newly hatched baby bird. <laughs> Wood, a very long way removed from his Lord of the Rings glory days, is a womanizing, drug-taking, small-timer. Essentially decent, but easily led astray by his friend. They're on the road to nowhere, and that's where this film is headed to. <laughs> mean. Yeah. Where do you guys put this on the uh, good cage, good movie, bad cage? I would say good cage, good movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. I enjoyed the movie a lot. Yeah. I don't think anybody put up a bad performance. No. And the plot, while kind of wiggly at the end, uh, holds up pretty well. Again, the directors were, you know, good, great eye for detail. So in, in the bracket methodology of this, the trust was a 14 seed. So I wanted like, to ask you this. Kind of a, a long shot. There's a reason that this is not rated super, super well. I think I liked it better than a 14 seed, but... What were some of the other 14s we've seen? Bangkok okay. Dangerous, The Trust, Ooh. and coming up, Zandali and Prisoners of the Ghostland. Now, I'm really excited for Zandali or Zandali because... Uh, Zendaya? I'm not going to touch that right now because <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about the medium sex scenes that are promised yeah, to I, me. I feel like we get some Judge Reinhold ass. Yeah. So I think mm. that's going to be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so the unbearable weight of massive talent. Mm hmm. That was a, a movie. Starring Sorry. a line right out of Sean's book. <laughs> that was a movie uh, starring Nicolas Cage. And you Pedro need a Pascal. much longer pause if you're being Sean. Nicholas Cage plays Nick Kim Coppola. Right. Or Nick N-I-C-K. N-I-C-K. Specifically. Specifically, which was the writer's things like, well, this is a fictional Nick Cage because he spells his name differently. And this Which movie, is the best way to distinguish something that you don't spell at all throughout the, the movie. Yeah. 
This movie is essentially what would happen if we had a million dollars to blow. The whole thing about Nicolas Cage showing up for a million dollars might be true, because in recent years, he's taken as low as 1.5 mil for a video on demand uh, film. So, you know, his price is coming down. What was the video on demand? I mean, most of the things he's in our video on demand. I suppose Left Behind probably should have been. No, that, that got theatrical release. I know. Um, but that's like, because of the Lord. But Jesus. I bet humanity. Oh, <laughs> oh. Again, in this house, we worship Thor. Hail mighty Thor. Not at your house, though. Do you just choose what deities we can yeah, worship is, on our own homes? This is yes. my house, Sean. All right, who do we worship in your house? Eh, probably Thor. Yeah, right? Come gutters. That's the God you want. <laughs> yeah, I always choose. That's why I love Catholic Jesus. <laughs> that's a that's a horny deity. Fucking crucifixion, man, is a hell of a core workout. Also, best friend, sex worker. True classic Jesus. Pretty fucking cool dude. All right, we need to get a million. We need to get one point five million dollars to do the story of Jesus starring Nicolas Cage. Oh, man. Redo the passion of the Christ. Passion of the cage. Yeah. So Nick. this movie. <laughs> um, Nicolas Cage bit of a slump in his career, uh, gets offered a million dollars to go visit some rich guy for his birthday party, played by Pedro Pascal. The but guy is... Cage's agent is Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris in things is weird. He spent so much of his career playing Neil Patrick Harris as a character that I no longer see him in any role as an actor. Yeah, it's kind of like when you hear a word so many times and it just loses its meaning. Or like, oh man, have you ever written like a word? Sex worker? <laughs> no, but written a word or typed it out a bunch of times. Yeah. And it just ceases to be anything. Well, for me, it's like if I do something in all caps, if I yep. look at a word in all caps, like it's like that can't possibly be the right word. <laughs> I remember way fucking back when I was in grade school and we were learning basic programming and there's a function that's just print and it will print a, a string onto the screen. Look at you, Mr. Basic Programming in grade oh, school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I was pretty fancy. Looking at the word print again and again and again, it just, it becomes like this cipher when you're like, what the fuck are these letters? <laughs> what is this thing? My grade school was a wooden schoolhouse across the street from a holly farm that also had guinea hens. And sometimes the guinea hens would get into the field at our school. We had a, a bell tower and it was of course physically rung to end recess. So like you could go in and like go ring the bell if you left was recess it, early. Was it like a privilege to go ring the bell? Yeah. Yeah, because usually only like one kid got to do it. So like I would... I would get in trouble because I would stack like a bunch of desks and chairs and stuff in this back room and I'd climb up it and I'd get as high up on the rope as I could. So that way they'd have trouble getting me off of it. You do and have a Quasimodo just... vibe to you <laughs> and I'm here for it. Yeah. And I would just like hang from this rope and like swing and they'd the come bells, in. Because the bells. There's just like they'd be like, the bells are too loud. You're annoying the neighbors. There are no neighbors. We're in the fucking woods. This is weird. Your guys' life experience, I do not get, because I went to school in the big city, and uh, we had one ball, and uh, you tried not to get stabbed at recess. One time I rolled a snowball that was bigger than me, and we had two fields at my school. So we were up on the top field, and we were going to roll it down into the lower field, and I was like, sweet. So we get it rolling, I'm like, you know what would be so cool? People lose their fucking minds if I rode this thing down. So I jumped on it as it was going downhill and it just fucking 
through me and like just yeeted me into a swing set <laughs> and i just laid there like that was fucking cool oh i wanted that story to go further where like the swing set launched you onto the slide which launched you onto like the merry-go-round no back onto the snowball, <laughs> oh, back the snowball. like baby's day out type shit yeah it just embeds me halfway into the snowball and then I'm it's just my legs and the snowball is like walking around like all confused until I walk into a wall and it splits and I'm there and there's little birds floating around my head. I'm not a fucking cartoon. I'm a real person with real experiences, Sean. Just respect my life. I think we're going to end on that. That's it. We got it, guys. Good job. Yeah, that's the end of the podcast. We have just totally just broke yeah. up. This is how, so tune this in. Is, this is how Nick and I stop being friends. Tune in to Nick and Sean steal a podcast. Yeah, we're, we're still going to do podcasts, just not this one anymore. Apparently, Baby's Day Out was a reference too far for me. You know how I feel about children and eye beams. <laughs> No, the American with a massive talent. Did you guys like this movie? I found myself laughing out loud the entire time. Nicolas Cage has an imaginary version of himself that like talks to him and hypes him up and keeps him on track. And it's just like the old Nicolas Cage interview where he like goes on and he's like hella coked out, like he takes his shirt off. And like has to reposition his mic on his leather jacket and he's doing like karate kicks and stuff. That young Nicolas Cage is now his internal hype man. It's his ego. But he like gets into an argument with it or with him on the road and like stops his car and tells his imaginary friend to get out of his car. (laughs) It's insane how funny this movie is. Yes. No, this movie is hilarious. Uh, In my opinion, let down by the third act. Referencing that adding a dumb action movie to the end of your film isn't a good film, and then doing it doesn't save it from not being a good action film. I think I think the action sequence would have been better served if Nick Cage didn't just immediately become an action star, because he does straight up murder some people and doesn't blink an eye. My favorite part is like Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage running through the woods. They look like old dudes. Yeah. They're like, oh, they are. <laughs> chugging well, down the hill and like... You play that up, like, fuck the the action hero aspect of this. And that's what's kind of my thing with it is, yeah, it just gets to generic action movie. Within this genre of actors playing themselves in absurd situations, there's a great little film called My Name is Bruce about Bruce Campbell playing Bruce Campbell down on his luck and is offered a bit of money to make a public appearance, but gets there and it turns out the town is, like, haunted by a demon and they're like, you're Bruce Campbell, deal with this. And he's like, fuck you. (laughs) And is a bumbling buffoon the whole way, but still bumbles his way to success and just, just doesn't become Ash at the end. And yeah, Nick Cage just becomes Action Cage at the end of this with no bumbling. More bumbling was, I feel, required. I feel like we had the bumbling, and I think this movie needed the action elements because it just rounded out like everything from his career. Like All of it was present in the movie. If you didn't have that bit of it. But then, so the end of the film, they do the like fake out into the premiere of the film based on these events. It could have been great if by just dumb luck and just him being an actor, but not being a good action guy that, you know, they do get there. And then it cuts into this absurd moment where he does kill the drug kingpin and then it pulls back. It's like, oh, that was the movie. But either way, so Nicholas Cage goes uh, uh, goes to Mallorca to meet his biggest fan. Oh, man. Because we did not recap this film. Jumping straight to the end of the movie. 
giving it all away. Yeah, but this is the second half, so we're not doing it in the first five minutes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We've done a much better job. Um, yeah. So, so Pedro Pascal plays Javi, uh, a huge Nick Cage fan who has written a script and wants Nicolas Cage to star in it. But Nick Cage uh, loses out on the role of a lifetime. I'm using air quotes there and decides he's done acting. He was going to be a Boston cop, though, and we know he could have fucking nailed that shit. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so I want to know if like in the greater audience ship of Nicolas Cage, like, is it just a thing that he only does like a Boston accent? Probably. Well, because <laughs> when he just says that he's been working on the Boston accent and he thinks he's really got it. It just felt like that was targeted at me and how many times I've talked about his Boston accent. Maybe. For sure. It, it did feel like we tapped into something okay. on that. To that, I do want to say, I hadn't seen this movie until now. Right, same. And we got a lot of shit for this. Like, how can you call yourself Nick Cage fans without seeing this film? It's like, we're going to fucking watch them all. We get to it. Yeah. And I feel like I appreciated this movie more having watched a bunch of Nick Cage films. Like when they do the Leaving Las Vegas moment, when Nick Cage is at his lowest and he just takes his beer and just walks right into the pool straight mm -hmm. out of leaving Las Vegas. Fun story with the director, like directing him through that scene. Nick Cage goes, yeah, I've done this before. <laughs> but so it turns out uh, when Nick Cage gets to Mallorca, uh, we're giving, we're making Peter do so much work. No. <laughs> when, He's given up. When He's Nick, like, this, you guys don't even listen to your own podcast. Why the fuck will I? Yeah, I'm just doing a no cut. Oh, <laughs> Great. Uh, when Nick Cage gets to Mallorca, uh, kind of like my wiener. It turns out that uh, the CIA. Cut that out. <laughs> nope. Everyone's gonna know you're uncut. Or am I? Yeah, we need I've the mystery. <laughs> what? I've seen it. Yeah. I'm not gonna say, but I've seen it. That's how I know Nick's not a cartoon. If Sean doesn't kiss and tell. <laughs> <laughs> so when Nicholas Cage gets to Mallorca, uh, it turns out the CIA is watching uh, Javi. Because he's an international uh, arms dealer. Cartel man. Cartel man. And they... Uh, Cartelman? Cart <laughs> Cartman. Oh, man. Peter's going <laughs> to yell at us so bad. You guys are in trouble. Aww. <laughs> um, and so they, they get uh, Nicolas Cage to help them try and track down the daughter of a president or someone running for the election. Yeah. Um, who they kidnap at the beginning of this film. He doesn't think it's hobby because it is you know years of acting he can read people his shamanic thespian skills yeah. i loved that <laughs> oh guys it turns out that uh nicholas cage's thematic uh, thespian skills you know no more than the whole of the cia yeah <laughs> but they get him to spy on hobby and i mean this is where the bumbling really happens he like has to break into the camera room to bug all the cameras and when someone's coming up on him, he gets the slip of like the knockout agent on his hand. And then as he's leaving the door to find a place to hide, he wipes the sweat from his brow. That scene was so good. I, it was I, so good. <laughs> I think I touched my forehead. You think you did? No, I'm I think, oh, oh, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, now go out the window and walk along a thin ledge. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, this is all for comedy and chuckles and it does work, but he does this. That knockout agent's not very strong because he goes for a solid two minutes. He definitely would have died even if he tried to knock the guy out. Uh, do you have no joy in your life, Sean? I don't. Sure. My ex-wife was on the podcast last week, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> it was a decision 
I made. You did this to yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to say. I've said this. Clearly, <laughs> I have lost the ability to feel joy, and now I'm just trying to suffer for my sins like a good Catholic. What? He does a spy. He does some spy work. Uh, then they need to have him stay longer because they need to track down where the girl is. At Javi's birthday, says, you know, he read the script. It's great. Doesn't want to star in it, but wants to stick around and write a film with Javi. And that's when we get the best part of this film, which is just two friends on acid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the the Spycraft stuff is is fine. I mean, it's a means to an end, but like... This movie is not at all served by uh, that subplot. <laughs> no, I mean, I think the most important part in what's really interesting is the, the bromance between these two yeah. dudes. And like... Well, it's a character-driven movie. It is. Yeah. I've never been particularly like drawn to Pedro Pascal. I think You're he's wrong. a great actor. No, but he he's never like done it for me in like a ooh, that guy. And this is the first movie that I was like, oh, I get what people are talking about. Like that guy is he's charismatic, he's cute, like it works. It fucking works. As a fellow Chilean, I love the man. Mm. I don't know. Did you want to fuck Pedro Pascal? Always. Especially in the Mandalorian <laughs> outfit. I mean, no, but <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to be honest, and that's what this podcast really about fucking honesty. Fine. Cleveland steamer. Sure. But but let's talk about the acid scene because it's the best. Let's talk about the, the acid scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> but like, yeah. So Peter Pascal's like, you know, they need to get into this raw emotional state like he has the answer and just holds up a vial and Nick Cage is like trying to do a snoop into the secret room to see if the girl's there. He's like, what's that? acid what the hell and just lets javi just squirt him in the mouth next thing they're on the road just staring at each other while driving along a cliff's edge well yeah. and then later javi's like i can't drive on acid like, <laughs> bro you fucking did i don't know how <laughs> you got us here yeah but i mean like okay coming up on acid and being like solidly yeah. on acid especially when you think that's fair because what got them to the point where they're like running through town and trying to get like <laughs> away is they're talking about the film uh javi has this great line or I mean, it's like you know this might be the acid talking but we should do a big scene where the main characters are on acid yeah. or on drugs <laughs> so they're talking about like storytelling in a cage like well like what if we had a real paranoid scene where like the the main characters being followed like look at those two they might be following us and javi just goes holy shit are they following us and the cage's like i don't know are they and they like get themselves into the spiral like this paranoia spiral and then they run and have my favorite scene, which is uh, them trying to, like, jump over the wall. <laughs> Jumping over the wall. Use me really as a table, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nick Cage can't lift him over the wall. <laughs> and has to leave Javi behind. There's that slow motion. No moment. Nick Cage, like, drops down and Javi just walks around the wall. He's like, Mr. Cage. <laughs> no, there was a, a great line in that. <laughs> He's, like, trying to pick him up. And he drops him. And Nick Cage is like, you're heavier than you look. <laughs> Javi's like, I have a very big head. Cage is just enormous, an enormous head. <laughs> just like he's complimenting your head's so big. It's enormous. It's terrific. It's wonderful. And then they get to the other side of the wall. They have a laugh and they look over and there are two other guys who look <laughs> similar to the first two guys. Yeah, it's a bald guy and another long haired ginger guy. Yeah. That's yep. all they have in common. <laughs> they're like, oh shit, they run. But if and, you're on acid, that's that's more than dude, enough. That's plenty. That's yeah. plenty. Uh, I would be the, freaked out if I was on an <laughs> island with two long haired gingers. Right. Can I say that word? I can't say prostitute. I'm pretty sure you can say ginger. OK. I don't think that's a big. 
I don't think that's a big hurtful one. Oh, we're going to get so much hate mail for this one. <laughs> Especially from the ginger sex workers. <laughs> mm. When they're running back to the car, uh, Javi gets hit by a car. Apparently yeah. Pedro Pascal did that, did that stunt himself. Pedro Pascal wrecked or ruined 12 cars <laughs> to get that shot. He's got a big head. <laughs> yeah, enormous. But yeah, they get back to the car. It's like, I can't drive an acid. And it's like, I can't. It's like, you are a better driver than me. How do you know that? I read you did all your own... Uh, Driving for Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> Those wheelies were pretty good. The best wheelies. <laughs> and then they like, yeah, they drive off and Nick Cage like drives up on the sidewalk. <laughs> he takes out like a, a shit ton of bicycles that are all just sitting there. And when they get back to the compound, still on acid, Javi's like passed on the car. Nick tries to go like into that room and Javi like. Do you want to see what's in there? Yeah, Javi like obviously yeah. wakes up and like comes up and finds him. And then it's just his collection of Nick Cage memorabilia. Then that's when we see are introduced to the Castor Troy statue of Nicolas Cage with the golden guns, which like, you know, those were real guns, right? But it's this horrible mannequin of Nicolas Cage with like a mo haircut. It's like, <laughs> can, can I ask how much you paid for this? About $6,000. It's grotesque yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. grotesque if somebody presented me with like just a, a similar but not quite right statue of me oh my god i would want it so bad <laughs> i feel like josie can make that happen yeah i you like, know i would even be happy with just a cardboard house. cutout of myself <laughs> <laughs> how cool but it has to be grotesque yeah uh, i once tried to draw you on a beer can yeah uh, people i was doing this for also knew you and they were just like no it's too broy, um, which I understand. I'm a very muscular and you know handsome, toned, yeah. yeah, handsome person. Come gutters, yep. I've got like nine. Come gutters, yeah. Where I don't think you know what come gutters are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, I introduced you to this. Probably. <laughs> Hobby's cousin turns out to be the the real mobster. Hobby's just a figurehead, uh -huh. and finds out that Nicholas Cage is working for the CIA and wants Hobby to kill Nick Cage. Nick Cage has to take out Javi because Javi thinks that Nick Cage is having this like create a block because he, him and his daughter aren't getting along. So Javi brings his daughter and ex-wife to uh, the island. And so they go to have like a shootout or go kill each other on the cliff where they first became friends beforehand trading shoes. <laughs> yeah. I liked that. Scene. I love that. Scene. I did too. They're just like complimenting each other's shoes and they're like, do you want to trade? Like forever? And then when they're running away from the people actually trying to kill them, they're just bitching about each other's shoes. Because yeah, there's no ankle support yeah. in the moccasins. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> so and then that's when the third act action film starts, which does have a pretty good bit where the bad guy kidnaps Nick Cage's daughter. So his ex-wife, who's a makeup artist, makes him look like another gangster. Yeah, like a, a Spanish guy yeah. who hasn't been seen for 15 like 15 years. years. Yeah. And just that's when we get like the worst Nick Cage acting in the film. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's like he's actually trying to like make a character yeah. then. And it's well, just... this movie does such a great job of like having great actors act poorly. They save the president's daughter. They save their own daughter. There's a bit of a shootout. Nick Cage repeats the Boston line from the beginning of the film. There's a chase. They get to the U.S. Embassy. And at the end of it, Nick Cage's daughter throws him a knife that got dropped in the back of the truck earlier. He catches it midair, stabs dude in the chest. Then it goes full Michael Bay camera around. There's an American flag. The military shows up 
and you turn back to his family and it's Demi Moore as the mom. Incredible. It cuts out to this is the screening of a Nick Cage movie written by Javi about the events of the film. Yeah, it's perfect. It gives you what they set out to do. Highlights, obviously, Nikki. Man, this movie, just every character, I think, got some kind of like big, nice laugh out of me. Yeah. Everybody had really good comedy. It was Tiffany Haddish well. as the CIA agent is awesome. Fun Cageverse uh, connection to that. Guess who she was recommended by? Just tell me. Nick Cage. Nick Cage recommended her on the <laughs> advice. On the advice of our old friend. That's Paul not Schrader. a fun fact. Oh, okay. Let me finish the goddamn sentence. So there's a Schrader connection. <laughs> All right. Schrader did one thing right. You also, hear this, Schrader? Nicholas Cage turned down this role like three or four times because he thought it was too weird. And when he finally agreed to it, wanted to play the hobby role. He wanted to be, <laughs> he thought it would be more meta for him to play his biggest fan. It is more meta, but that and would have only, been fucking terrible. Only, yeah. only was cool playing himself after he met Pedro Pascal. Thought Pedro Pascal was like this crazy method actor who was just method acting all of this like love for Nick Cage. And then later on find out that Pedro Pascal has always been a huge Nick Cage fan. <laughs> Nick, do you have a quote? I have many quotes. I have a favorite scene. So this is Nick and Nikki talking. And Nick is telling Nikki about how he's going to do this movie. And Nikki's trying to talk him out of it because he's not a small time actor. He's a movie star. Nick says he thinks it would be good for them to do it. And Nikki comes in with like the gay uncle in the next Duplass Brothers movie kind of thing. Exactly. And Nikki slaps him. He's like, the fuck are you talking about? We haven't worked since we were 15, 41 years to be number seven on the call sheet of a goddamn student film. I think it's a good idea. You listen to me. You're Nick fucking... Woo! Ow! Cage! Addie doesn't need a struggling artist to be her father. She needs you to be a star. Now, you get the next one, baby, and we're back. Nick Cage breathily. Not that we ever went anywhere. Not that we went anywhere. Come here. Then he just throws his toothpick, grabs Nick Cage, and like passionately kisses him right on the mouth. So yeah, when uh, Nicky pulls away. Yeah, Nick Cage smooch is good. You tell him. Nick Cage smooch is good. Yeah, it's a brilliant scene. It's great. And it's just Nick Cage and Nick Nick Cage. Cage. My other favorite line was uh, after Nick Cage watches Javi's third favorite film, Paddington 2. Teary eyed, sniffling. Paddington 2 was incredible. Have you guys seen Paddington 2? No, I have not seen Paddington 1. No, I've heard both of them are actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, Trevor Moore always spoke really highly of them. I kind of feel like I should watch them. Let's just do a podcast about Paddington. Okay. Okay. That's how easy it is to get the three of us to do anything. I liked when Nick Cage was, he like brings his daughter home. This is in the beginning of the movie. And he and Addie had just been at like family therapy or whatever. And the mom is just like, oh, what's wrong with her? As the kid storms off. And Nick just says, she's mad at me because we watched Cabinet of Dr. Caligari together. And she hated it which I find odd given how mature her taste normally is. You're surprised your teenage daughter didn't want to watch an insane hundred year old German film with you. Yes. The director and writer just decided to write this thing. 
never met Nick Cage. They're just like, let's write a movie about Nick Cage. We have no connection to him. Maybe we'll get to make it one day. Was it us? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we really went around this uh, the wrong way. Also, Nick Cage uh, swore he would never watch this movie because it was too weird. Even at the premiere, was there but wasn't in the theater. So, Venn Diagram. Good Cage, uh, good movie. Good Cage, good movie. Now, the real question. The debate. This is one of the few times where I'm kind of on the fence. I think I would enjoy the trust more on rewatches. Hmm. I'm glad I watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It is funny. I just, I, the back half just kind of kills me. Uh, I would probably argue for Unbearable Weight in the same way. The last third of the trust just wasn't quite there. Plus, it leaves too many things. It's not as finished of a movie. But I think Unbearable Weight is just, it's a more enjoyable movie. Pound for pound, it's a more cage movie. That as it be. is 100% about. That was going to be my next point is out of the both of them. I mean, Cage gives an amazing performance in both. And, and he gives a very cagey performance in both. He does. Yep. I'll be happy to watch either of these movies again in my life. And I will continue to watch them. I would rather see Unbearable Weight go forward. I think it's just. I think it's a better comedy. It it's a, better for the category. It's a stronger script. It's better performances it's elijah wood's great but there's a much larger cast that all contributes really good performances in unbearable weight it's absurd it's truly an absurd movie i'm, I'm just confused are we a movie podcast all of a sudden <laughs> in, in germany we are yeah. Oh, yeah that's right thanks germans yeah so cool <laughs> so cool um no i i think you are right and either like i said i was on the fence for either of these going forward because i do enjoy them both in different ways the trust is an interesting movie he has an interesting character it's just not well developed that's fair whereas i think the unbearable weight is an interesting movie with two interesting characters and a whole cia subplot that could have been written around real easy yeah, but it adds wackiness. I think you could take all of that out of there and Javi could just be this, you know, maniac obsessive and trying to figure out, like, does this guy want to, like, take my skin and wear it? So Javi, does he want me to, like, blow him or, like, does he want to watch me fuck his wife or have me watch him fuck? I am Javi. Nailed it. I just yeah. did the bow. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. I'm, do I'm, taking, I'm taking the Nick roll uh, of this podcast. <laughs> confirming yeah unbearable, unbearable way to massive talent a Excellent. great movie can't wait to see it move forward Please. what's coming up next week we kind of touched on this in the beginning but joe and zandali zandali yeah zandali whatever it's Zendaya? Gonna be. we're not sure we're gonna so it's a movie about a guy who takes in a kid who's being abused and a movie where nick cage is a horny artist it's gonna be terrific it's gonna be a real romp well uh thank you all for listening um, if you are interested in interacting with us, you can find us on Reddit or Twitter or any of the other things. But Reddit is Cage Match Pod. And if you happen to be interested in supporting us, we are on Patreon at Cage Match. So as always, thank you to our Sparkle Buddies, Josh, Sean, Josie, Rico, Matt and Adam. And special thanks to our Cage Dancers, Ira and John. We're uh, at episode 18. We've got... 14 more episodes. Thanks for the math. In season one. Yeah. And then in season two, we don't know what we're doing.
We'll figure it out. Send us send for, us your ideas. What or we should you'll do. figure it out. Yeah, for us. Do our do our jobs for us. Nah, we totally know what we're doing, but it's a secret, so don't even bother trying to figure it out. It's yeah. a really good idea too. No, right. no, send, but send us your theories. Please. Send us five dollars in your theory, <laughs> in a self-addressed stamped envelope. To what's your address, Peter? Yeah, put that on nope. the internet. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Like, maybe I'll get real. Maybe I'll have, like, a giant sandwich one day and enjoy and love the unbearable weight of massive talent. Mm -hmm. Anytime you say sandwich, you have to give me, like, a big gap just so it sounds funnier. All right. <clears throat> maybe one day I'll, I'll have a giant sandwich. No, you didn't do it right. <laughs> oh, no, gap at the beginning. And at the end. I was giving you one at the end. Yeah, you gave me a big one at the end. <laughs> a big stinker. Gave you a big one in the end. Cut it out. Oh boy, that's going to that's an outtake. <laughs> and then Eddie Murphy busts out of nowhere and sticks a banana in his tailpipe. <laughs> Why? It can't be that bad. I'm, can't be that good either. I like that we're gonna eat him like rind and all. Yeah. Like he doesn't take the peel off. I'm taking I'm just gonna No, you gotta do it. I have a horrible gag reflex. I can't do it. Oh, my God. Now you really have to do it. I mean, it's Peter's floor. I'll throw up here. Yeah. You a box right there. <laughs> the puzzle box. <laughs> Where, where's, where's the place I can throw up and he can find it later? God, the globe. How do you open the globe? <laughs>